Well, this morning, um, I would invite you, if you would, if you would take out your Bibles, and I want us to look at, we're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 6. We've been looking at the Lord's Prayer, so we've been reading through this text weekly. I would like us to look at verses 7 through 13. So if you have a Bible, you can follow along on the screen. Here's what it says. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, forgive us our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you this morning for your word, and I pray that as we come to it today, God, help us to hear what you want us to hear. And Lord, plant that word in our hearts and remind us often, and may we grow ever deeper in love with you, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, before I jump into the Word this morning, I just want to give a shout-out of appreciation for the Staff Parish Relations Committee. Last week, they had a meet-and-greet, so Nancy and I had the opportunity to meet many of you, um, have a little more conversation than normal, and we had great turnout, so that was a lot of fun. So thank you for all those leaders that participated and all you who helped. It was also a great joy this week. I got to do my first administrative board meeting. Um, as many of you, if you're new here, you don't know, but I just started um, July 1. So I'm getting acclimated to all the committees. So anyway, but what I want to say about that is, you know, one of the things I continue to be impressed by when I sit in various groups is the leadership capacity of you all and what I find here at this congregation. So we have some great people at the helm that are really trying to seek God and, and God's direction and how we move forward as a church. So really appreciate our leadership and all those that are being a part of that. So it's been a fun week in that regard and, and getting to do some of that work. Well, this morning, what I want to do is we're going to continue on with our prayer se sermon series, Praying Like Jesus. And as we think about prayer, as the children shared with us, praying, of course, is talking with God. But it is kind of this larger conversation that the God, the creator of everything, is inviting us to a conversation. Just think about that. God is inviting and wanting to converse with you. God is wanting to build a relationship with you, is wanting us to talk with him and share the things that are going on. Now, as we look at the Lord's Prayer, Jesus' disciples don't quite know how to pray, and so they have asked Jesus to instruct them. And we have talked about how many times we may feel the same way. We may struggle with prayer, but I want us to get that the Lord's Prayer, you probably already know this, but the Lord's Prayer is not magical. It's like those words don't have to be said exactly in that particular way. It was a structure to help teach us how to pray. Now, when we pray, as I said, prayer is really a conversation with God. That's what God desires, is just to be in ongoing conversation with us. In fact, in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, the Apostle Paul wrote, he said, pray without ceasing. Now, that may seem a little daunting. You know, I've got other things to do in my day. How am I going to just pray, pray, pray? But it basically means be in an attitude of incorporating God into your everyday life from the moment to moment. Now, as we think about that, um, there's various kinds of prayer that we may utilize. 
The first type is popcorn prayer. Has anybody heard of popcorn prayer? Okay, a couple of you. So a popcorn prayer is really like I'm driving down the road this morning and I'm facing the east and all of a sudden I see a beautiful sunrise. And I go, wow, God, thank you. That is incredible. Or I'm driving down the street and I see somebody who has maybe got a shopping cart full of their belongings, pushing it down the street, someone who seems like they may be struggling, and I say, Lord, would you just help them right now have a great day? Or the person who just cut you off in traffic that you really want to bless, and Lord, would you just be with them right now, and Lord, help me to let go of being mad, and would you give them a great day? It may be that you as a young person are at school and all of a sudden you've got a test and it's like, oh Lord, help, right? So whatever it is, popcorn prayers are just kind of popping it up. It's short. It's just incorporating, allowing God to be part of whatever conversation you're having. Now the second type is more conversational type prayer. This is more like the Lord's Prayer where we're sitting down, we're being focused, we're spending intentional time with God. And when you think about it, I, I, I realize in this room, we have people that process and do things differently. Some of us here are external processors. I'm an external processor. You can ask my wife about that. If I get to talking, I have to talk it out. Um, and so my wife knows if we're going on a conversation, she just sits and she listens to me go on and on and on and on. Um, and some of you feel that way when I preach. So just saying that, it, you know, I'm an external processor. I'm thinking it out as we go. And so if you're an external processor, praying for you may be much better when you're walking, when you're driving, when you're doing something that you can speak it out loud. That's okay. Some of you are internal processors. So that means that coming up with ideas of what to pray is really hard, but you can sit down and you can internally work through kind of different things you need to pray about or just kind of in an internal conversation with God. That's okay as well. It's just that God is inviting us into those moments of prayer. So now, last couple of weeks ago, we began this series and we're talking about kind of the pattern of prayer. So we said Jesus gave us the Lord's Prayer and he starts it out by saying, Our Father, right, who art in heaven. That's really important because what Jesus is saying is the way we gain access into the throne room is through Jesus. Jesus is saying, it's through me. When you place your faith in Christ, he says, Jesus gives us the entrance to come before the throne room of God, and God says, through Jesus, you're now worthy. Because I don't know about you, but I look at myself, and I can tell you all the things that are wrong with me. And maybe you can do that about yourself. And all the reasons why I might be disqualified in thinking I should be able to come before God but when I come in Jesus' name, he welcomes me with all my stuff and says, through me, you are righteous. You are welcome into the throne room of God. And so when we invite Christ into our lives, he welcomes us into that place. So that's why our Father is important. God's inviting you to be his child, to walk with him, to have communion in conversation. Then Jesus goes on, and we started to build an acronym, okay, an acronym for prayer. So the first one letter of that acronym is P for praise hallowed be thy name and we talked about what jesus is getting at is holy god is set apart and we're thinking about all the attributes that make up god so god is um in some ways god is all powerful god is all knowing god is all present in our lives 
So we, we recognize God's all loving. And so we're recognizing, God, these are the things you are. And we're praising God for the ways we have seen God at work in our life, the ways we're seeing God at work in other people's lives, and the way we're seeing God at work in our world. So those are all praises. And praise is really important, y'all, because not that God needs us to blow uh, God's trumpet. God is giving us that gift because it builds our faith. Because when I see God at work, I realize God really is real and God is doing amazing things. The second thing Jesus then instructs his disciples in the Lord's Prayer to Prayer is what would be the R, repent. He says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So we talked about how the Holy Spirit tends to convict us through maybe the God's word, through other people, through just the Holy Spirit nudging our hearts of places where our lives are out of alignment with God. God wants to be in relationship with us. God doesn't build barriers to keep us away. We build barriers to keep God away, or we walk against God, and that moves us further into the far country, away from God. So what we find is really that in this moment, God is, by His Holy Spirit, trying to show us where we may be out of alignment. And when we start to see that, we go, Lord, I'm sorry. I think this is not really something that's pleasing to you. I don't think this is where you want me to be. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. Whatever it is, Lord, forgive me. Or I failed to do this. And we say, Lord, forgive me. God's like, hey, I'm good. Let's go. Let's move on. And then he says, if you ask God to forgive you and you expect God to forgive you, you have to forgive others. And so that doesn't mean I'm going to get over the feelings. I mean, there's been people that I'm still praying for, y'all. But when they have hurt me, I'm praying, God, I forgive them with an act of my will. And Lord, I pray that you would bless them and help them become who you want them to be or do what you want in their lives. And I find that's the quickest way to have that become healed in my own heart by praying for them. So just a note. Now, this morning, what we're going to do is we're going to take a moment then, and we're going to look at the third thing Jesus says. And so we have P-R, and the A is ask. So this is probably the one that we're maybe most familiar with, we may feel the most comfortable with. But as we look at this this morning, here's what Jesus said. He said, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as in heaven Give us today our daily bread and lead us not into temptation. I believe those are kind of the ask parts of what Jesus lifts up. So here's what I think Jesus is saying to us. First of all, he starts out by saying, pray thy kingdom come. Now here's a test for y'all. If you've been in church the last several weeks, if you weren't here, you're exempt. Uh, but if you are, we're there. What is the kingdom of God? Does anybody remember? Yeah, what is it? Well, it's heaven. Very good. Anything else? No. Um, it is God's reign. So he says, let God's reign. God's reign. So it's ultimately what God desires our relationship with God to be like. What God desires our relationships to be with, like with other people. And what God desires our response and our relationship with creation to be. So in God's reign, he is an ultimate picture of how he wants all that ideally to look and work. And and yet we live in a world that doesn't always represent that fully, right? So Jesus is saying what God's ultimate will is, we're praying that that would come and be present in the world in which we find ourselves living in today. 
So we're really standing in that space between what God desires and what we see is around us. And so we're really trying to focus, God, I want to be in touch with you. I want to be following you. I want to be going into the space you want me to live. Now, when we think about God's ultimate will, I, in my human mind, have a lot of opinions on how God should be running the world. I have a lot of feelings about things and how they go, and sometimes I'm like, God, what are you doing, or what are you not doing, or why are you not, right? I can't, and that's, that's a whole other sermon. But what I want to say, what helps me, in a way, an oversimplification maybe, but when our son, our oldest, was moving into junior high years, I took him out and we went on a couple of day trip to Colorado. And it was just a time for us to talk about kind of the transitions were beginning to happen at that time as you hit, you know, your adolescent age. And, and we were talking about just life in general. And one of the exercises, and maybe you have done this or seen this with your own kids, but it was to take puzzle, a puzzle and put it in a plastic bag and then I took another puzzle and put it in a different plastic bag. And so I handed one of the bags to my son. And then I took the bag. Um, now, and we, the, the race was to see who could put their picture together the quickest. Okay? Now, the, the kicker was, Stephen did not know what the puzzle was of. I did. And so, who do you think won? Yeah, because I had a picture of what was going on. And so... It was to show that sometimes in life, right, there's God has a bigger vision and can see things in ways that are playing out over centuries that you and I do not have the capacity to get. I can't know it. I don't fully get it. But I know God is at work in it. And I have a lot of explanation. I want to try to tell God, but I'm trying to figure it out. And we're, we're trying to. So that just kind of helps us to get it as we're walking into the space. So when we pray, it's really regarding... In the asking prayer, it's where we see gaps, it's where we see lack, it's where we see collision between what we know God would ultimately want to have happen and what we are seeing. So when we're asking, we are standing in between those, that space of what is, what God wants to do, and what God says my kingdom become. This is what I desire to do in the world right now. So you and I have a big piece in this, that God is giving us an, an assignment, an opportunity to pray forth what God wants to do on our world and to allow God to work in and through those prayers. So a couple of things, um, these are things we pray about, um, but just kind of a reminder as we kind of think about those kind of asking prayers. The first type would be um, provision. We're praying for water, we're praying for food, we're praying for shelter. Now, I'm guessing most of us in this room did not really spend time praying over whether we were going to have those today. We know people in our world that did, but that's probably not us. Or maybe we're running short of cash, and so we may be praying how we're going to pay the bills. I remember several years ago, um, back when Nancy and I were younger, and I had been invited to take part in a mission trip, and it was one of those times when we didn't have really money to, to fund that trip. And so I was just praying, God, if you want us to go, want me to go, Lord, I'm just going to need you to provide for this. Well, began praying for that, and maybe you've experienced this too in your own life, but it was a couple of weeks later, I got a letter in the mail. It happened to be from the banker of the bank where, of the community where I grew up. Now, I really didn't know this banker. I knew his kids. They went to my school. I'd said hi to him in the bank, 
over the years, but we really did not have conversation. So this is probably 25, 30 years out from, uh, I don't know how old I was, or probably that old, so let's not go that far. But, but as we were, as I got the letter and read it, inside he had inserted a check. He said, I just feel called that I'm supposed to give you this money, and so here's this, I hope you can use it. Now, he's a banker, so that check could have been a lot bigger. I'm just saying. Um, but what I will tell you is that check was almost to the penny the exact amount I needed. Now, we didn't have a relationship. He didn't know anything about it, and I hadn't told anybody. Now, you can draw your own conclusions, but I think when we see, there's times we pray, and God shows up in those miraculous moments, right? But if God shows up in that moment, which may not be such a big deal, I got a feeling he's showing up in the other prayers of people. It just may not be quite in that capacity in the same way. We also find we pray um, asking prayers for healing. And that's something we do quite often, right? We have a lot of people in our lives that are sick, whether mentally or physically, spiritually, and we're praying, God, heal them. And that's totally appropriate. And it's appropriate to ask specifically what you want God to do. If they've got cancer, and it's cancer of a specific part, to pray that God would bring healing. Now, how that's all going to play out, I don't know in everybody's life. We have people that are healed miraculously, and we have people that struggle it out, and they never do see ultimate healing in this life. But what I know is we are called just to pray boldly, keep praying until God tells you to stop praying, or God tells you to pray something different than what you're praying. And that's okay. And we just have to leave it at the throne room of God that God is asking you to stand in the gap, pray for what you believe God is only wanting to do, and then we have to trust the results ultimately to God in that. And, and, and that can be a hard space sometimes, but it's really important. We also pray for restoration of relationships. If you have a broken relationship, or maybe it's in your family, you're praying, or maybe it's been at school. I mean, I've been in situations where in the work environment, people really dislike each other. We can be praying for those kind of restorative relationships. Praying for wisdom. And any of you in school right now, do I see any school kids, high schoolers, junior hires, college? Uh, any of you ever need wisdom in your class? Yeah, you get to a test, right? Anybody need help? Now, here's the kicker, y'all. You got to have studied before you pray. God helps those who help themselves. So just got to say it, you got to do your part too, but then it's okay to pray, help me remember, right? And, and God, but we have decisions we have to make and try to figure out what we should or shouldn't do. And that's okay. We pray for God to give us wisdom. We also pray for protection. This is one I do almost daily for my, my kids, my, my daughter and son-in-laws, um, and for my grandkids, they're two, week, two months and two years. Lord, they need lots of prayer. And my wife, as she goes to work, every day, that's a prayer for me, praying God protect them because I don't know what's going to come their way. And so that's just a, a very serious one for me. A couple of years back, I was in one of the churches we served, we had um, an individual in our church that a, a relative was stationed in Afghanistan. And... Um, they had been awakened, this, this person in our church had been awakened in the middle of the night to pray for this family member. It came out that later that there was also another family member in another part of the state was awakened the same time that night to be in prayer for this particular individual. And the whole story finally came out at some point because that 
time when these people were being awakened to pray, and maybe you've experienced this in your own life, that, that, that back in Afghanistan, the plane was taking off with these military men from their base there. And as they started to take off, all of a sudden they heard a big thump and kind of a jar to the plane. The plane continued up, it continued on, and it landed at its destination. But when they got there, what they discovered was is that there had been a missile fired with a land missile launcher that had lodged in the plane and did not explode. Now, you can do with that what you want, but God, I believe, was moving upon some people to stand in the gap to pray for protection. And why things happen there and not in other spaces, that's, again, another conversation, another preaching. But I'm just saying, God's prayer, your and my prayers matter when God is prompting you to pray. And you may not even know why, you may not see the outcome, you may never know, but God is wanting to use our ass. They're important. We're standing in this space calling forth what God wants to do here in this place in a broken world. God is calling forth good things. He also says one last one that I think is really important that Jesus lays out. If you looked at the text, we read, pray that you will not be led into temptation. Now, why of all the things that Jesus listed and the things you need to be praying for, and I need to be praying for, do you pray about temptation? And if you remember, the disciples on the night that Jesus was being betrayed were in the garden. Do you remember what Jesus told them to be praying for? That they would not fall into temptation. Why is that so important? I think this is a huge one in our world today. And maybe it's been for centuries past. But I think Jesus is telling us to pray that we don't fall into temptation. And what I think he means by that is that we aren't tempted to doubt and to give up on God. I find there's a lot in our world today that's trying to convince us that God doesn't care, or God's not there, or distract us or discourage us in our faith, or to give up on God or even to avoid God. There's all kinds of things out there that are trying to do that. And if you look at the disciples, remember what happened to them on that night. They fled. They weren't sure Jesus was the Messiah anymore. They were scared for their lives, and they, they just kind of began to avoid Jesus. And that happens right in life. We have struggles and things that come at us, and we want to pray, Lord, let me not fall into discouragement. Let me not lose faith. Let me not give up. Let my kids not lose faith, or my grandkids, or my friends. Lord, help us not to be led away from you, because you're really where the source of life is. So, as you're thinking this week, I, I just really want to invite you, as you pray, spend some time asking. And as you ask, ask God to help lead you in your prayers. Pray specifically and boldly. It's okay to ask specifically what you are feeling like God is calling you to do, or wanting to do, or what you feel like you want to do. And if God doesn't tell you to stop praying that way, then keep praying that way um, until God tells you to stop. And finally then, pray trusting that God's at work. You and I may never see it, but God's at work. I know a number of people, and I've read stories of a number of people who, for instance, had family members who were not following Jesus. And they were really concerned. And they started praying, and they prayed for whether it's a kid or a grandkid or a friend. And as they were praying, they never did see that person come to faith even though they prayed years and years and years. 
But how many times I've read stories and heard stories of accounting that after that person maybe passed away, that child, that grandchild, that friend, some years later, something happens and they finally decide to say yes to Jesus and to follow God. I personally believe those prayers were at work and continued at work way beyond the lifetime of those individuals who were praying them. I believe your prayers and my prayers do the same. God's changing things because we're praying. And I want to invite us to continue to live in that space of calling forth God's kingdom here on earth as we see what God desires to do in praying that into reality. Today I'd invite you as you go into this week, just remember those three things. I'd invite you to spend some time this week spending time praising God, spend some time just contemplating are there things that become a barrier between you and God that maybe we need to ask God to forgive us of or forgiving somebody. And then thirdly, just spend some time asking for where you believe God is calling you to pray on behalf of yourself or someone else. We trust God's going to do amazing things.